Hi, patrons. Welcome to another bonus episode without Colin. I went a wee bit Dutch there. I seem to do that every now and again. <laughs> episode, bonus episode without Colin, because as we record, he's still recovering from his uh, chest infection. So Andy's back again. Andy, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yes. Phil <laughs> <laughs> Steve McLaren. Oh, um, Joey Barton. Done Joey the, Barton. And there was a recent one as well. Who was it? Oh, the boy Klopp went all German, didn't he? No. Um, aye, somebody else. It. Somebody else came out and went all, all accenty. Aye, brilliant, isn't it? It's, it makes me want to crawl inside myself. I think it makes everybody feel like that. I'm not like alone. No. I'm cringing myself to death watching Joey Barton pretend he's from Mercy. Do you know yeah. when I feel like I do it? You know, if you're saying, like, if you're watching the football, I never know whether to say Seville or Sevilla. Just say Seville because you're English. Oh, you know English, you speak I, I, English. Aye, thanks very much. Uh, um, I, I spent years watching Revista de la Liga on Sky Sports in the glory days, now with Gail and Balaga and all that. And they would always be like, you know, Barcelona, Sevilla. And then you get into the fact you're like 15 going, well, I was watching the Sevilla game the other night. And your mates are like, fuck up, say it right. Villarreal. Aye, Villarreal. Yeah, aye. Villarreal, mate. Fucking say it, I'll smash it. <laughs> yes, well, that, that's it. Like, that's the thing. Like, we were, me and Colm were speaking about this. And I think it's just, Gary Lineker kind of does it as well. Because he obviously spent a bit of time over there. He's a prick. Just yeah. throwing in the massive Spanish yeah. pronunciation yeah. of Barcelona. When you're just speaking English, you're like in the middle of an English sentence and just on Villarreal, <laughs> just rain it in a bit, mate. Aye, it's Aye. fucking annoying as fuck. These folk end up with a black eye, don't they? Speaking of black eyes, Colin, John, Colin, oh, oh. oh, oh Jesus, <laughs> fucking poor guy's deed. Um, no, I'm, I'm saying that. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, I'm literally, I'm literally jumped in his grave. Remember that boy, Colin? It used to be on here. Aye, poor bastard, eh? Uh, Aye, yes, so. Uh, we Can spoke about. I gave him the rank pills. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we were talking about uh, the Enfield horror last week. Well, I was, Aye. and we decided that you would take this one, which is uh, it's just called Black Eyed Kids, I think, mate. So, what tell us a little bit about this story back in where were we? The nineties. Just, just call it the nineties. I don't think there's any specific uh, date in this one. Uh, it could be the eighteen nineties, fucking seventeen nineties, for all we know. Uh, at this point, know. Yeah. Um, the, the glory days, to be fair. So, um, Brian Bethel is a respected veteran journalist and currently a columnist for the Abilene 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 Report on News. Abilene. It's actually a silent V in the middle. Um, <laughs> uh, Based out in the Basque country. No, um, so in the 90s, Brian wrote a blog. Brian wrote a fucking blog in the 90s? Did the people have blogs in the 90s? I think blogs probably started pretty near the inception of the internet, yeah. Just, he was one of the first wankers. It was, it's he not an article, been... it's a blog, actually. Thanks very much. You know, I'm yes. blogging. It's like, fuck's sake, Brian. Three people read it, mate. Cam Dune, one of them's you. Um, sorry. Anyway, so <laughs> Brian wrote a blog. Uh, detailing an experience that would soon come to be shared by many. His story is unique and it's the first. Who the fuck? Did you write this? Um, <laughs> and it was told by someone with an eye for journalistic detail, nothing to gain, and a career to lose. Getting interest in this, actually, by spinning such an implausible yarn. So, what it sounds like when a Collins fucking half-time reports, didn't it? Yes, um, well, and one of the things here is, like, I, I, there's a lot of cutting and pasting, so I've cut this article from somewhere. Don't know, right. don't know where from, can't remember. Um, which is bad form, not citing, uh, not referencing my source. 
But this, see this argument here. It's uh, I like to speak about fallacies sometimes. So this journalistic detail and absolutely nothing to gain and a career to lose, that to me shouts fallacy. Mm-hmm. Because just because you've got nothing to gain in inverted commas and you're a respected journalist doesn't mean that you can't just fucking make stuff up. 100%, yeah. Yep, cool. Is that a so, dig at UFOs? <laughs> it's kind of no, it's kind of a dig like like yeah. So mean. like yeah, you point towards like in the UFO space. Let's say you, you would say like that guy used to work for NASA or that guy was mm-hmm. an, uh, a fighter pilot. Aye, so he's telling the truth. So he is telling the truth. Aye. Yeah, that, that's that's all I'm getting at. Yeah, he yeah, might 100%. be telling the truth, but to jump from A to B there as a as a fa- as a fallacy. Yeah, and it's the same with this journalist guy. Just because he's a respected journalist doesn't mean that he can't just not tell the truth. So, so what's Brian, happened? Brian one night was a bit bored and decided to sit out parked outside the local movie theatre. <laughs> Some kind of sexual predator, potentially. Was he getting in? Yeah. Uh, uh, you just looking at the folk coming out, uh, watching a bit of Ghost Watch. Um, so he's filling out a cheque for the night deposit next door. Filling out a cheque for the night deposit next door. All right. Um, his driver's side was approached by a couple of children, no more than 10 or 12. <laughs> of course Brian got excited. No, I didn't have that in, sorry. <laughs> he did roll down his window, but... Uh, he does. <laughs> Brian rolled down his window, expecting a request for money. Fuck me, this is getting dark. <laughs> this is why I should... This, I'm enjoying the fact I've not read ahead, but I'm also now terrified of what's coming next. Only no, one of the boys... We're all, good. We're all, oh, good. We're all good. Jesus. But even before any words came out of his mouth, Brian was gripped by fear. A police officer had pulled up. Duck, 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 justice in the corner. What are you doing talking to these boys? Um, I was, I was the officer. I was just. They came up to me. It was uh, them that initiated the conversation. Aye, I, I just invited them in. Um, so an irrational heart pounding fear that he couldn't explain. That the boy told a story. Fuck me. You sure this? Right. They wanted to see the oh, movie. Right, okay. Go. They'd left their money at home. And could Brian give them a ride? Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Please, defence attorney. This is exactly what happened. Uh, Brian had just started working at the BBC and wasn't sure what to do. <laughs> no. Uh, Brian tried to avoid looking at them, obviously, because that will stand up in court. Because then they could identify you. <laughs> exactly. I never looked them in the eyes, so it doesn't count. Um, so Brian tried to avoid looking at them, not wanting his fear to show. He noticed that the last showing of the movie had already begun. It seems like he's getting overly fucking worked up about this boy's film having started already. Um, the little boy implored they were just a couple of kids, honestly. Uh, they didn't have a gun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Such a fucking strange... Right, can I, can I, see, if I was, right, see if I'm sitting in my motor, see, see I'm parked outside the cinema and let's go with my wife and kids are in watching a film and I'm going to pick them up, right? And a couple of wains come up and knocked in the windy, I'd be like, all right, I'd put the windy down and I'd be like, uh. what's up? And a couple of wains told me that story. <laughs> I wouldn't be scared that this guy was, I'd be like, all right, I'd be, they're looking for me to give them money to go in. But if one, if one of the kids turned and went, I don't have a gun. I would then be going, wait a minute, have you got a gun? <laughs> You've got a gun, don't you? <laughs> would you you've definitely got a gun, me man. Like, uh, you've you've got a gun on you. Or, or at least some kind of weapon that I'm 
Aye, I'm getting worried thinking, can I put my windy up quicker than he can stab me in the head? <laughs> so, anyway, this starts to get a bit Fifty Shades of Grey here, right? As Brian finally locked eyes with the boy, his mind went wild with horror. <laughs> this is like one of those episodes you just done with Caroline, isn't it? Um, both the kids' eyes were coal black. Right, so we've went horror now. Yeah. Stammering an excuse, he began to roll up his window, so he's panicking now with a gun, and he put the car into gear as the little boy called out angrily, we can't come in unless you say it's okay, let us in. This sounds like the fucking... From? This sounds like From, didn't it? We're just, we're just speaking about, yeah. Is this the trailer for From? Is this how it started? Yeah, it is, mate. Just... I just uh, downloaded a transcription of it. Uh, wrong yeah. term memory, sponsored by From and a sci-fi channel. Uh, Brian burned rubber all the way home. <laughs> We attended a 12 year old boy in the back seat. He burned rubber all the way home and he wrote about the experience later that night. Of course, he would write about it in his fucking blog, didn't he? <laughs> Apparently, he, on the this is a dark web again, isn't it? This is Brian's got a blog on the dark web about 10 uh, and 12 year old can boys. only finding it using the onion fucking whatever. <laughs> Apparently, he's far from the only one. Other men have got similar stories, of course, to do, Brian. Aye, fucking hell. All looking for fucking legal expenses. Stories abound on the web about black-eyed people, usually children, but sometimes adults with similar requests. All looking for money for the cinema, clearly. Um, who cause unexplained panic in all who encounter them. So that's where the fears came from earlier on. It wasn't really well explained, was it, at the start? Where these entities or beings, whatever they are, cause an, a ridiculous amount of panic. Perhaps it's the eyes or the odd, somewhat alien nature of their speech or the malevolent predatory, na- malevolent predatory nature of those who encounter them. Uh, they can feel lurking beneath the surface. No one has stuck around long enough to find out who or what they really are. Jack? Right, okay. It, it, was, a, it was a good laugh, but you must have been in somebody's company in your life and felt uncomfortable being in it. Do you know what I mean? Do you know, when I was seven years old, uh, a few days after my seventh birthday, I was a mascot for Celtic, and I remember, and that's not even a joke, by the way, <laughs> I was. You remember feeling, uh-oh. <laughs> I remember Pat Bonner sitting beside me and putting his gloves on, just winked at me. <laughs> As Paul McStay closed the dressing room door, no, I'm joking. I genuinely was a mascot for Celtic just a few days after my seventh birthday. Um, uh, but I, so, um, uh, I've, I've met people in my life that on introduction, like, all right, Billy, uh, all right, Graham, started to feel uncomfortable because they do have an aura of, is this kind of a psychopath? They're a bit intimidating. Like there's something... Yeah, kind of intimidating. Intimidating is probably the main thing, like... Unnerving. Unnerving. You can't put your finger on it, but... Aye. I've never had a 10-year-old walk up to my car and threaten me with a gun or a blade. (laughs) Oh, it's not even the threat with a gun, it's the fact that I've no got a gun. That's, a, that's the terrifying bit there for me. Psychological horrors scare me more than anything else. And see like the idea somebody went, by the way, calm down, mate, I've no got a gun. I'd be like, oh, here a minute. I'm not going to stab you. Aye. I know you've put your windy down and left yourself exposed, but that's <laughs> not something you should be worried about. <laughs> Why are you saying that then? <laughs> uh, nah, I... It does sound like from, like, let us in, let us in, um, because unless they're invited in, they can't come in. And then there's obviously the the film that I don't think I've seen from back in the day, basically just called The Children, where these mm-hmm. like, creepy wains rip about and terrify 
I was going to say audiences, but people in that community, supposedly. So I wonder if this came after that event, you know. So one night to another. So that film, The Children of the Corn, is it called that? Does that ring a bell? Yeah. If this event came after that. And again, I'm just looking up, uh, looking up Brian's LinkedIn. Uh, Brian Bethel, senior staff writer. Uh, Children of the Corn was 1984. So. Do you know what? Brian's career's no went brilliant because he's been there 28 years and eight months. So I reckon writing about that back in his blog hasn't exactly done him any favours, has it? Um, and again, it says he was someone with an eye for journalistic detail and absolutely nothing to gain. Well, yeah, it turned out he gained fuck all. I think this. he loved it. I think fucking Brian loved his mushrooms and was just off his tits when these wains came up to his window going, why are you parked outside this cinema? And he's freaked out and drove him. This is another mystery that Andy and Jack have solved. Aye. This company's just full of drugs and para yeah. out his nut. Remember Wolf of Wall Street when you get the same scene twice with the first one you think he's alright and he drives home but then you see it again and he's pa- like pure paraplegic he's and he's climbing in. Aye. <laughs> yeah, aye. That, that was Brian. The, poor, the two wains are just standing there like, what's this guy going about a gun for? <laughs> just... I, he wasn't even in the motor light. He says he's just slabbering. Aye. Do you know, when you, park, you know when you park at the football and some guy comes up and goes, he's a fiver, I'll watch your motor. That's what these wee guys were doing. And he's like, aye. he just started screaming in the motor and drove him. Don't shoot me. <laughs> we, mate, we don't like looking like mum <laughs> come and yeah. help this guy the guy's sl- heavy fella fucking Let, let's so so the 90s acid wasn't that big back then but I still think he might have been taking a wee dab of it to be honest could have been coked to his tits coked to his tits or the drugs that are in Wolf of Wall Street the no the Valium but the amphetamines I don't know nah I could just Jack, see on that. My dad uh, stays in Australia, and uh-huh. him and my stepmom were over recently visiting. We went to see them in the summer. We stayed at an Airbnb down in London, right? Um, we had everything to lose and nothing to gain. <laughs> 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 That's going to be my phrase for everything. Like every I had absolutely nothing to gain, <laughs> <laughs> but everything to lose. So I went into the shop and I bought the sun. No, uh, so. <laughs> We went, um, I'd watched a thing a few weeks before that on telly. My wife was actually watching it and it was like 60 days or 30 days in the council estates or something that was called. Right. And okay. it was about this guy. Well, who, it's um, it's actually good. I, so I only watched the Glasgow one, right? Because uh, my wife was watching it and she was like, oh, Glasgow accent, because she finds that interesting living with me for 10 fucking years, right? So, um, and I, it's that cringy thing of watching somebody for Glasgow on the TV because you're like, oh, they're going to sound like a pure junkie. So what this guy's done is just make a show about Glasgow junkies, which I thought was brilliant. Um, but it was quite funny because they had this guy who was talking about being addicted to like methadone because getting us after drugs, so we put you on this drug and it pure fucks you up because you got addicted to that instead. Uh, quite tragic, but very Glaswegian if you watch it. But it was quite funny where he talked about how he'd been sober for like a couple of years, but he still enjoyed a sporadic dabble. And it's one of my favourite ever Freddy phrases was this guy talking about how I've been clean for years and the doctors keep telling me I'm still on the drugs, but I'm no. But I do enjoy a sporadic dabble and I just thought that was the best thing. See, I, I know the guy you're talking about. I thought he just like smoked a lot of grass type thing. Or was he uh, still every still like again? Street, street Valium. He still liked a bit of Street Valium. So he's still right. Because uh, I've watched that as well. I think it's called 60 Days in the Council or something. Uh, yeah. But um, I, I basically watched that with my dad. He thought it was brilliant, but he was brought up in like Rikese. So he recognised a lot of the kind of shitholes uh, that uh, was filmed in. Kind of like a new version of the scheme with Marvin, stuff like that, a few years ago. Aye, yeah. 
but without focusing so much. It's not a three-part series, it's a one-part on Glasgow. I did watch did I watch the other ones? It doesn't fucking matter. This is a really shite conversation. But the Glaswegian one was good. And what Aye. was it called? In case anybody wants to actually look it up, 60 Days on... 60 Days in the Estates. On the Estates. Yeah, 60 Days in the Estates. Because that mad English boy goes and stays with him, doesn't he, for a few days? Yeah, I think he'd done 60 Days on the Streets before that as well. He's an ex-soldier, the guy, called Ed. Yeah. I love the woman that didn't want to work 40 hours a week, so just claim benefits. But she volunteered 40 hours a week at the local youth club. And you're like, I just... went to the, like, and, and I think there's actually like a, like a probably semi serious social point now that uh-huh. it's not that these, I'm going to say these people in inverted commas are lazy, work shy arseholes. It's it's not like that. That's a cop. That, that that's yeah. what a lot of people will think. Yeah, she's willing to volunteer, go down, spend time in the community with people she knows, and do her thing. But she doesn't want to go work at McDonald's, which yeah. is fair enough, I think. Do you know I, there's like less of a commitment to that though, because what she's doing is technically on her terms, and she can just pass off if she wants. Yeah, maybe, but she didn't. Did she? There was not. I don't. I, I mean, I we don't know that. That was never really covered. Yeah, in the... yeah, we don't. We don't know that. But she was doing something. Me and you could go and make that follow up, couldn't we? That could be the next one for unsolved mysteries, where we go and catch up with folk for sixty days in the estates. And... Were you fuck? Were you telling the truth? Aye. Question. I'm going to. I'm going to storm with you for four weeks. Then I want to see you fucking work your forty years. Think. Think you're volunteering, right? Question mark. Aye. You've got everything to lose here. Nothing to gain. <laughs> Your benefits you'll be losing your money. You'll be losing your fucking benefits, hey, that bit. Oh, right, okay. So that was uh, the Black Eyed Kids. Call it a day there, Andy. Aye, cool. You're good. You, you're wrapping up. I'm wrapping up this episode. <laughs> Aye, there you go. Right, bye. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash long-term memory or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely. And if for whatever reason they can't do that and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts.